Despite the Government, brought to you by Tam and Buega. This podcast is a window for African entrepreneurs and innovators within Africa and all across the globe to discuss ideas towards advancing the cause of a new, vibrant Africa. Find and subscribe to Despite the Government wherever you get your podcast. This is Despite the Government podcast. Enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, Buiga Doya here and this is Despite the Government podcast. Today I want to learn about a company that has the mission to deploy sustainable off-grid cooling technology businesses as well as sectors that need food and product preservation. Established in 2020, EcoTutu, a name coined from the words code and environment, has continued to work to deploy cooling solutions to Nigerian businesses. My guest today is Michael Akinshete, the head of marketing and co-founder at EcoTutu. Hello, Michael. Welcome to DTG Podcast. Thank you so much, Boyega. It's so good to be here. I mean, yeah, it's, been yeah, quite, it's been quite the chase, but uh, I'm finally, that, I'm finally yeah. able to time it out. And it's not, it's not for anything. It's for the plethora of work that we have to yeah, do and yeah. the I'm limited sure. time that we have. For the good of the company, I absolutely understand it. But, um, let's even talk about that. Echo 2 has been busy for a minute. What's going on in the year 2023 trying to wrap up? How's the year been for Echo 2 Let's start with that. Well, I mean, that's, that's an interesting question because I honestly have not really sat down to think about it. So I guess this gives me the opportunity. Um, I would say that it's been a really a great year. Uh, we, had, we had goals that we set out uh, January this year and milestones that we have actually, and when I look back, we've accomplished them. Um, we, we set out to, you know, deploy a, cold room in the largest uh, food markets in West Africa. And we did that. We launched that in April. Um, we wanted to expand our footprint to the north. And we also did that by launching a cold room set up in Nasarawa State. Um, I mean, there's just one major thing that we've been working on that we're yet to, yet to accomplish, right? So out of the three major things that we wanted to do, we've done two. And um, there's still, at this point, we feel like we're only still just scratching the surface. And, right, so um, the vision is to, I mean, the goal, the short-term goal is to, uh, you know, what we have in mouth of, replicate it, do about 20 of it across the country in major markets, in different states, and, so, yeah, we're counting the numbers and in due time. Our time frame is 24 months, so let's see how that goes. I mean, I, I jumped my intro to introduce you. We'll come back to that. But I'm just excited for Kututu and how far you guys are moving. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm from, I, I came from Futa as well. The CEO at Ekotutu, um, Babajide Oye, please remind me of the name. Oluwashe. Oluwashe. I was watching a bunch of stuff that you guys you guys have been up to earlier in the day and you have you've had partnership with, with Netherlands in Nigeria, the embassy of the Netherlands in Nigeria. You've also yes. had uh, many partnerships from many years from now. And it gets better. Like you said, you're just scratching mm-hmm. the surface. There's so much to mm-hmm. achieve. So first of all, congratulations to you and your team. Uh, Thank on, you. On how far you have come and what's what's to come. Um 
let's just get the picture before I come back to introduce you. Mm. What is Ecotutu for those who don't know? Ecotutu is a um, is a is a startup that that focuses on managing food waste and offering cooling solutions. That's for someone from the outside. That's me who mm-hmm. doesn't really know what's going on inside. But for you as an insider, what's the startup about? What solution are you offering? Well, thank you very much for that question. Equitutu is is a is a personal mission, right? First of all, right, and it's it's a solution to, like you said, uh, guide against food waste, right? We wanted to we want to build the most resilient food system, right, on the continent. Um, we know we cannot do that alone, right? There are a lot of uh, different parts that makes up this system, right? But we have positioned ourselves in the place of um, preservation through sustainable uh, cold storage solutions that have been lacking, right? So to answer the question, what is Equitutor? Equitutor is a clean tech company that uh, designs, develops, and deploys off-grid solar-powered cold rooms, cooling solutions, for businesses in the agri sector, from farm to fork, right? That means that we plug that gap at every intersection of the value chain, from the point of harvest through transportation of this fresh produce to the guests in the open market for storage, right? And then also to enable growth for businesses within the value chain that are into processing this food by providing them with solutions that help them keep their wares fresh and also deliver to their customers fresh. So it's an entire value chain um, mission for us. And we have a solution for each step of that of that value chain. So that's a question to it short. Pretty interesting. So I can connect a nexus of health in terms of good food and healthy food and yes. also agriculture in terms of preserving fresh food and, you know, being able to preserve um, uh, foods from the farm up to the last mile of the continent. Yes. And then there is also the part about climate. So you you encompass about three or four industries or sectors in your business. First of all, let me start with healthy food. Why is it important to store fresh food and manage food waste? Some of us don't really understand how much of a big deal that is. We just see agriculture as a big uh, industry that can manage itself, but but food waste has an attention, gets some attention, and your company really wants to take care of that. Why is it important to manage food waste in our society generally? So I think to understand why the the first bit would be to even understand the enormity of the problem, right? Um, post service loss, right, accounts for about like eats up about 50% of the food that we produce in in sub-Saharan Africa, especially Nigeria, right? I mean, we we are arguably the biggest population in sub-Saharan Africa, and um, 50% of the food that we produce goes to waste. Now, this waste is even now more pronounced when you now look at perishable food. I mean, you look at... Um, produce like rice, like grains and tubers, and they still have a longer shelf life than when you compare it to tomato, to your lettuce, to your tete, um, um, shokor, 
your carrots, your cabbage, your cucumber, you know, all of this um, food that are very nutritious when they are kept fresh, but have a very short lifespan. And you also find that a lot of the farmers are not incentivized to continue to produce because for all of their effort, they don't, they are unable to maximize profit, right? And then there's also the, uh, okay, so say you grow 10 tons of tomatoes and you are able to successfully harvest 10 tons of tomatoes. By the time you are moving this tomato from the farm to the market, before you are able to secure the, the logistics, it might take you a day or two, right? Tomato already is starting to rot. So by the time they are picking up at the, at the farm gate and transporting, it might take another day or two to go from, say, Kano or Kaduna to get to Lagos using open air trucks, um, having them stacked in raffia baskets that also does not... So post that, all the, and the handling and the treatment of this produce right from the point of harvest till it gets to the marketplace, all of these things contribute to post-harvest loss, right? Uh, the ash weather that we have in Nigeria, the hot temperatures and all of that also contribute because these vegetables really cannot, cannot survive in, for long periods under certain conditions. So they have, to be, they have to be kept in optimum conditions that, that help them to thrive, that help them to thrive longer even than their shelf life, right? Um, I mean, for years, we keep saying, oh, the price of food is high. There's not a lot of food in, in circulation. And then we found out that 50% of the food that we produce goes to waste. So if 50% goes to waste, that is 50% that does not get to the table of the consumers, where, whatever their social status is, right? So it now means that we are all fighting to get a piece of the 50% that is available. And then it is not because the farmer wants to make more, wants to maximize his profit, there is a hike in price, right? So looking at all of those different components, now because of purchasing power, the best of this food only goes to those that can afford it. Many of them businesses that will process it, restaurants that would buy and sell at a premium. So they would already pick the best of the best and then leave the the what we call Esha for the regular people, right? Which then trickles down into lack of adequate nutrition. Because if you're not getting good premium food, how are you going to get the nutrients that your body needs to stay healthy? So all of these things tied together affects the not just the health, also the social, the social economic um impact that it has on the farmers or on the businesses within the value chain all of that it's a very it's a very voluminous problem and i can keep talking about it actually yeah right uh, time to take a pivot right um i'm just going to take a very long pivot to infrastructure right so mm -hmm. the northern nigeria is where a lot of food is grown beans mm -hmm. onion um pepper tomatoes all of that and these are perishable uh, perishable goods that would take that have to be in the south on day one or day two. If they take too long without preservation, they might get damaged. Let's talk mm -hmm. about infrastructure. 
the roads are bad. It costs a lot to move them down in 24 hours. So there is a need for preservation of what you are doing. Does it help if we have better infrastructure? For instance, um, we see that in Ogun State, for instance, mm-hmm. there is international cargo airports being built that can help, yes. yeah, exporting to other countries, African countries or others. There is the Apapa rail track from Lagos to Ibado, such mm-hmm. that that could help to move goods, international sh- um, shipping consignments down to other parts of Nigeria. Does it help yeah. if you have better infrastructure or how do you work with other sectors in the economy as a company? Because of course it helps, right? Um, in every, I mean, in the co- countries that we call senior climes or, you know, developed countries, the, the simple things that they have in place that makes that... That, that helps us to refer to them as developed countries because they, is that they have systems and infrastructures in place, working systems, right? Um, there, is a, there is a good network of road. There is available resources, available infrastructure, all of which is lacking in our own um, reality here in Nigeria and in Africa, right? And, even, and that's why, and as much as these are the lack the lacks that we have there are also the opportunities that we have because it was because we were able to identify a lack that we decided okay we want to solve this problem and we have people who are doing that across across board but obviously if the infrastructure is better if we had better roads if we had better rail networks if we had um cold storage infrastructure so one of the two problems that we at Ekotutu, I lighted at the beginning that actually spurred us to do this was, first of all, we don't have stable electricity, right? Now, even when there's electricity, it is not, it, it is not, not all, every part of the country is on the grid. There are places in this country that have not seen electricity since mm-hmm. forever. I remember mm-hmm. the last time in fact, I personally remember the last time that Oktipupa had power. I was I was there. I was there in 2008, the last time that power that there was ever electricity in Oktipupa and its environment, right? Until date, there's there's been nothing done about that, right? So there are, there are communities, farming communities in rural Nigeria that that have no access to electricity, and even in urban Nigeria where there is access. It is epileptic and it is not always there. So it's not reliable. That's the first problem. The second problem is that there is now a lack of access to cooling solutions, right? Um, Nigeria currently has a deficit of about 96% for cooling solutions that is needed to serve the to serve our cool chain needs, right? We only have 4% of it. And out of that 4%, very little of the food and, and vegetables and fruits that we produce goes through that channel. It's not enough and it's not enough to cater to the need, yes, but even the volume that goes through it is almost inconsequential. Right? So there needs to be, if we had better infrastructure, if all of these things were in place, obviously it would help, it would help the food system that we're trying to build 
to be better. It should actually improve the residency. And that's that's the work that we have taken up, right? Um, in, in that we're looking, okay, so let's do our bit. Let's contribute our, let's see what part of this infrastructure can we work to, you know, provide. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what we're doing. That's impressive. And everything comes together at the end, right? Whether in yes. five years or yes, ten years, uh, we'll find ourselves uh, on, uh, at the middle ground, so to speak. Now, let's talk about the project at Nasarawa State that was launched about a few months ago uh, by yes. Ecotudu, a solar-powered cooling system for farmers to store their food and preserve, you know, maximize their profits, essentially. Let's talk about um, the concession of that project and the impact is expected to have. I also want to hear the part about technical know-how because you install the project. Do you just leave it in Nasarawa or how do farmers manage it? How do they control and all of that? Tell us about the Nasarawa cooling solar project that you recently installed. Okay, so that, I mean, that is a personal baby for me. So I'm really proud of that. Um, so it's a, it's, it was born out of a, um, program that was facilitated by the Rocky Mountain International, a Colorado NGO, um, in partnership with the Rural Electrification Agency and um, um, GAP, right? Uh, so it's called the Energizing Agriculture Program. And what they did was facilitate uh, collaborations between productive use equipment providers like ourselves and mini-grid developers, right? I explained earlier that a large part of the country is not on the national grid, right? And what we have in terms of, you know, solutions to that lack of access to energy in those areas is that we have mini-grid developers going into these communities and setting up solar mini-grids, right, to, to, to deliver access to energy access to electricity for these rural communities, right? One of those communities being Sabungida in Nasarawa State that is currently being powered by um, OSC Power. That's the mini-grid um, company that is servicing that community. Now, uh, RMI brought us together into a room. We were able to then build out a model, having assessed the need in that location for cold storage because it happens to be a farming community as well as a fishing community. And then there's a lot of butchery that goes on that goes on within that community too, as they have an abateur. So the need for cold storage was very apparent, right? Tomato farmers, um, vegetable farmers, cucumber and the likes, fruits like oranges and all of that. Then you had um, fishermen who required storage for their fish, right? Uh, and then you had meat sellers who also needed to to store their produce. So having gone into that community and you know uh, becoming aware of the need for that solution, it was easy to then come up with a business model uh, where Ecotutu deploys and OSC already having presence within the community then operates. Uh, while we provide support, operational support and maintenance support. Um, so the code room is a 3.75 metric ton code room, uh, has two compartments, 
for horticulture and for protein to service, you know, the needs that I had stated earlier, horticulture, fish, meat. And it is also integrated on uh, the solar mini grid that Oscar provided within the community. So it's a solar powered cold room. Um, it is a bit different from our standard standalone cold room that we would deploy if we were if we were to build out work alone. Yes, if we were to build out independently. But because we are working with a mini solar mini grid developer, there was no need to do a standalone system. So we it's integrated on that system. And um so far it's actually been serving that need, right? Um the community is very, very pleased, very happy to have access to that um to not just electricity, but also infrastructure that enables growth for their business, right? Um, in terms of operations, we have a hub manager and an hub operator there, both of whom come from that community. So it's a and we also prioritize women employment in that um in that uh, in those operations. So uh, the Nasara project, I mean, we've been working on it for close to 12 months, actually, in terms of planning, in terms mm -hmm. of draw, uh, finalizing the the business model. And all of all of that planning, it basically just took us about a month to deploy, right? But a lot of work had gone in in the background for months, yeah. just ensuring that we cross our T's and dot our mm -hmm. I's. And we're very proud of that um, achievement. Absolutely. We're also proud of you too. I mean, we're proud of people who are doing the work and particularly for you because um, this is a new terrain. It's not even common. I'm guessing this is the first, this is perhaps one of the first companies or social enterprises focused on um, cold room solutions and all that. So great work and we know that there will be more. Now let's talk about a little bit on that natural project. Just a component language barrier so when you work with farmers for instance um mm -hmm. how do you communicate with them to understand them do you have to get translators or do you find professionals amongst them is there a, is there a little barrier in your engagement with people in different areas people with different backgrounds and all that uh, i mean we we all this we we already had this um accounted for in our planning, even before we went to the North, right? One, one of the strategies that we employ whenever we are trying to access a community, so to speak, whether it's a market or it's a farming cluster, the first thing is to build a relationship with, with the community, right? Try as much as possible to get integrated. Um, and how we do that is we obviously find people amongst them that we can relate with. Yeah. Um, the ones that are literate or semi-literate that can understand us and speak the local language. So yes, we do use interpreters. Um, in the case of Sabungida, like I said, OSC already had presence within that community. So it was it was more or less easier because they already had staff members that were from that community, yeah. right? And that could speak English, could also, um, you know, translate and get feedback from the people. The mm. prince, the prince of the community, as well as the um, chief of the community, 
uh, also educated. So it was easy to also, you know, communicate with them and engage with them and get them to cascade the value that we're bringing uh, into that community to their own people, right? So it it was not easy, but it was a lot easier than it would be if we didn't have all those um, leverages, right? Mm. So, uh, but yes, we... I mean, we we leverage our resources in terms of human and and um, relationships. Incredible. Let's talk about other sectors that you cater to. So I'm guessing pharmaceuticals. I would like. I saw some of those sectors on your website. Um, what other solutions or what other sectors do you provide cooling solutions to? I understand that pharmaceuticals need you. Um, fresh food sellers. These are retailers now. Um, how do you interact with or who are your other audiences apart from farmers and, you know, food produce entrepreneurs, so to speak? Yes, yeah, so our typical um, target audience, right, we are smallholder farmers, um, aggregator businesses, middlemen in the food network, um, food processors, logistics businesses, and th- like those were the core right? Those are the core. Um, But during COVID and uh, there came a need to, you know, contribute to fighting the pandemic. And we thought, how how does a company like Equity to stay relevant? How do we have an impact and enable, you know, ease of doing business or ease of movement or just enable uh, uh, um, uh, ease, e- make life easy for people during the pandemic. And we came up, I mean, we already had the small box solutions for keeping fresh food cool. And then it became apparent that, oh, we could actually apply this in terms of logistics, right, and help do deliveries of fresh food or even build these boxes for businesses that do deliveries or require delivery of their product, right? And so that came about. We developed the um, cooler bags, as well as the fresh box, and the ice cell, which is a first change material. Now, bear in mind that we developed this product to serve the food processing market, right? Sellers of, um, say, salad, parfait, ice cream, and the likes. And then at some point, we started to get, uh, you know, interest from the pharmaceutical market. We would have pharmacies call us, call on us and ask about our cooler bags. And then also say they require it for the movement of vaccines uh, and, you know, drugs and medicine that needs to be kept in certain conditions and they are looking to ensure cooling on the go and we found that our product actually met that need for them and so that opened up a a new a new channel for us for to add value right and so um i mean so far the more off the shelf products like the cooler bag the ice cells and the fresh box have actually been, um, you know, taken up by pharmaceutical companies and also health health related companies. Uh, I mean, we continue to look forward to 
more exploits uh, in that area. I just want to tap on one last area before we wrap up this conversation. Um, your company, in my opinion, is more of the social enterprise. It's not even an opinion. You are mm-hmm. more into an area that is of a, of a necessity. So it's a, it's a social good. And then there is the entrepreneurial part. So how, how do you merge your mandate as a social enterprise with the necessity of being um, profitable? Is that, does it become a conflict at some point or, or that's manageable uh, within your framework? I mean, um, it's manageable, and I say that because, and that's a very, that's a very relevant question. Actually, it's manageable, and I say that because, um, there, I, I, so I can't remember that quote right now. So it's about when you find something that you are that you care enough about, yes, to do something about to 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 solve. When you find a problem that you care enough about to solve. It's also important to, to ensure sustainability, right? That was the thought for us. It's all, it's, I mean, mm. um, for most, so we call it, it, it's called an impact business. We, we are a for-profit business as well as an impact business, right? Mm. Impact in the sense that we are solving a real problem for real people and having real impact. And also, backing it up with a business model but yes. it was very important to ensure that okay so we want to solve this problem right but resource it requires resources to solve it and for us to be able to continue to solve that problem it's apparent that we must ensure steady flow of the, re- the needed resources right which most times is financial right uh, and so it made sense to find the business angle to making this impact, and that's that's what we did. Um, you know, through some trade, through trainings, and through uh, business modeling, and all of all the other, all the all the other things that our journey has entailed up until this point. And um, I mean, it's, you find out that now, even we now have what we call impact funds, right? Um, Investors that actually are looking at, so they are no longer, most times businesses, social enterprises were usually given grants, right? You just give them, you just get given free money uh, and you find out that a lot of the impact is short-lived. Why? Because you will not always get free money. Yeah. Right. But now that the focus is now on, okay, impact but backed by a viable business model you'll find that a lot of um, this social enterprise will begin to thrive because now you're not just solving the problem you are solving the problem sustainably in a way that even at the business can then begin to sustain itself yes right so that for us that was the goal right from the start and it's a it's great to see it uh continue to grow let's talk about you for a minute i mean we should have introduced you first before the conversation but <laughs> it's, also, it's also good michael akinshete formerly of renew drive um michael akinshete my friend who is also a cultural dancer um, <laughs> <a Yoruba. laughs> that gets 
<laughs> a lot of people would, would not know that. Michael Akinsha is a gentleman. Let's talk a bit about you uh, from university days in Futa. Or first from your background, just run us through, because I know you, you're running against time, but a few minutes, two or three minutes to run us through your some of the most important um, episodes of your life as a gentleman. Um, okay, so <laughs> I don't really... I mean, I don't really like talking about myself, but um, if That's you check, if you if you do a if you do a personality test of me, it will tell you I'm a performer. So it means that I maybe I like the spotlight, but I don't like talking about myself. But um, uh, so Michael Akinshete is a, I mean, is a Nigerian man from the southwest, Ondo State, uh, first of three children. Um. I have a background in urban and regional planning from uh, the Federal University of Technology, Akure. I mean, that's our alma mater, yeah? Uh, yeah right. One of the best. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> don't let me go into that because I had, a, I had like a banter with some friends earlier today and we checked it and Futa is number three. But let's, let's just, let's well, move on. Band, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so... Urban Original Planning, um, started, got into entrepreneurship back in 2014, 2015 in school with Baba Jide. Um, the first venture that we, the first problem that we tried to solve and that we did quite a bit in terms of solving it was, uh, the problem of clean cooking energy, right? Uh, you know, we had we had a relative who had died because they were exposed to smoke by cooking with firewood and stuff for so, for too long a time, and that inspired us to say, okay, how can we solve this problem and prevent more deaths? And we we developed a clean cook fuel, uh, coal briquettes made from organic waste. Um, I mean, we also I also have edited a a book on uh you know to teach young people about um sustainability sustainable habits like how to take care of the environment how to conserve water conserve resources you know how to grow a garden it's been i mean climate change advocacy had been a big part of my work right from the university days yeah. and and that's also a big part of why you'd find me uh, you know, working on another impact-driven, sustainability-driven uh, company. So I would say that, I mean, you also mentioned that I did, I do cultural, from the way I'm, I'm, you know, putting this together, you can tell that I don't really like talking about me. Um, yeah. But I mean, I was, a, I was, I did cultural dancing during NYSC. Um, I've there, always, like NYSC, I said. Or there's a history to that. It's just NYSC. Oh, there is. There, oh. there, there, there actually is a history to that. So it wasn't dancing. I've always been a performer. Um, so I started singing at the age of six. I've been in. The, I've always been in the choir. I, I currently am in a choir. I'm not going to reveal which one, but I'm currently I'm in a choir. Um, I enjoy singing. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy meeting new people. Um, and my goal, my personal goal is to 
you know, build businesses that impact life, that solve real problems for real people. Um, if if one life, I believe that if we can just change, touch one life, if as one person just decides, okay, I want to impact just one other life apart from my own, if we're able to achieve that, I believe that the world will be a better place, right? And every every human would have the space to to bloom and blossom and grow into the purpose that God had created them for. So um, I'm a Christian. I am single. <laughs> so I don't know if that's important. <laughs> okay, so yeah. We don't care. We don't really care, but that's okay. <laughs> you say we don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure your clients are the people who should know. No, I hope they know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, please don't tease me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, uh, we're in the same boat, but we're getting out next year. <laughs> okay, you're opting out this year. Ah, congratulations. Next year, next year, next year. I mean, this year is gone. Come on. This year is gone, Abby. We yeah, forgot by... to, got to get married this year. Yeah, by next year, all things are working. <laughs> Let's get to work. <laughs> Well that, done. That, that's a that's a good way to put it together. I mean, most of us don't like to talk about ourselves because there's work to be done. So we we focus on the work and we let autobiographers do the do the writing and the talking about us. So yeah, I'm sure the next time I'm reading about you, it's a, it's a bunch of stories that are inspiring and that will show the 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 work that you have done in your space. And in fact, you know, when you have worked ten years in a certain space, it's I think we should be grateful for what we can achieve mm-hmm. um, from advocacy to starting this company, to collaborating with some of the most important um, agencies in the world in your company. I think that's really, really impressive. And I mean, more more power to you and your team. Uh, thank you. And you and the rest of us. I mean, thank you for bringing back the, the memories of saying camp. Uh, I'm still in touch with some of the cultural troops members and yeah that that was that was an experience i mean that was where we thought life was going to be a different trajectory but here we are um i mean i'm michael akishete i am the first of three children um have attended federal university of technology at career have a degree in urban and regional planning um it's in lagos what do i do i mean there's not a lot that is interesting about me but was, I guess the interesting thing would be what I do, and that is that I help enable growth for smallholder farmers, aggregators, as well as businesses within the food value chain uh, across the agricultural sector in Nigeria by providing off-grid cooling solutions through uh, our company, EcoTutu. Uh, EcoTutu is a clean tech company that facilitates access to off-grid cooling solutions for businesses in the agri-sector and also some footprints in the health sector. So you mentioned um, FUTA and then later, okay, let me talk about urban and regional planners because we have mentioned up to four or three sectors now. Uh, I don't know if it's okay to call it hybrid, but many of us find ourselves at different junctions of, you know, four or three industries. So you are an urban and regional planner, but now you work in environment, in agri, and you also mentioned health. Um, what's 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 the one interesting thing that 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 you can say 
uh, how I've been uh, how I've been able to manage all the different interests that come to you, and what does that really say about the path that you have followed so far? Okay, so I think that the simple answer to that question would be that there is a there is a conjunction, right? And the conjunction for everything actually boils down to planning, which was the, my major in university. Um, I always tell the story that it wasn't until I studied urban and regional planning that I understood that there was this urgent situation, uh, depletion of the ozone layer, uh, the environmental crisis, and you know that gave birth to all of these SDG goals and stuff. Right. And just being exposed to that knowledge while studying urban and regional planning, because these uh, concepts and these phenomena started to come up in classes and started to pique interest. And then we started also to interact with organizations that, you know, it was, it was the date of joining a cause and being someone who had always, I mean, had uh, affinity for the environment, even from secondary school, so, um, I used to enjoy geography class. It was, it was my favorite class, right? So knowing that, oh, the solar system that I have learned about, the earth that I had even thought about, right, while I was waiting for admission, but I taught in secondary school also, right, was at risk, right? I had to do something about it. And that was how I started doing advocacy for climate change, ensuring that the people dis do not dispose waste discriminately and all of that, just doing some advocacy within my school community and teamed up with Babaji Day, obviously, and started doing that back in the day. So planning, no, have, studying planning is the reason I know about the environmental risks that we are facing as a planet. And it is doing a rabbit hole, a deep dive into that, that led to oh, discovering, you know, problems that we then felt led to to solve. Uh, we started. It was first oh, the problem of educating people about the 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 dangers and the uh, risks that we face as a planet, and that led us to write a book for young young children, right, explaining the story of uh, sustainab sustainability in you know, making it explainable, making it comprehensive, comprehensible for five-year-olds. I mean, right. Also looking into the clean energy for cooking and developing a solution in that area that we called Renew Drive back in the day, right? Yes, and it was yes. even through our journey, it was through our journey in Renew Drive, turning waste into wealth, turning waste into coal briquettes to help, you know, rural women who were, exposed to the smokes from firewood who could not afford kerosene or gas, right? To be able to cook cleaner, right? It is, it was gathering organic waste for that endeavor that, that exposed us also to the level of waste that the agricultural sector actually has, right? To the point where we discovered that up to 50% of the food that we produce in Nigeria goes to waste post harvest. Right, from the point of harvest till the guest to the table of the final consumer, we have a 50% loss that occurs, whether in transportation, whether because of the service handling, 
because of lack of storage and all of that, it was seeing the amount, the ginormous amount of waste that exists in that sector. So we'll go to markets, we'll go to farmlands to gather um, organic waste. And that was what led us to say, okay, so if so much goes to waste and there is a cry for um, um, the uh, inadequate, you know, there's actually a cry for more food because food, there's not a lot of food, nutritious food on people's tables, like children are going hungry. There's also then the need for access to reliable energy supply, which speaks to sustainability. And then we brought all of that together and said, oh, this is a problem worth solving, right? And yeah. that's how yeah. we came to it. So the, you would find that it's not, it's not so much of a, for me, there is no disconnect. I was able to bring them all together because planning is basically the bedrock of it all. So I, when I tell people that, when people ask, oh, how old is the, is the company? And I say, I always say three years officially, right? Because there are, there are months and months of work that had been done before, you know, formally registering Equity to as a company, right? And like you said, if it comes, it dates back to the days of doing Renew Drive and then, you know, creating a one, discovering that there is waste and then looking at, okay, what is the lowest hanging fruit that we can, that we can create, right? What's the lowest hanging fruit product that we can create that would at least help people be able to salvage food one way or the other. And that led us to, oh, okay, let's do the solar powered box. And we call that Echo Box. It was it was a product on the Renew Drive um, um, business, right? And we call that Echo Box. And ideating and iterating that, we found out, okay, this is people will probably not be able to buy this. Yes, it's small, but it will not be able. We, we won't get power enough, right, to actually keep this thing cool. And then it would be the price point would be too high if we really want to. Uh, make it in, uh, the optimum that it should be, right? So we, we we pivoted and said, okay, how do we solve this problem? We were thinking to solve it from the table part, right? And then seeing that there would be a there, would, there was a bottleneck there, led us to think about, okay, how do we solve this problem even from the source, from the point of it going to waste? And then we started thinking with the working coderoom idea. Um, doing research into cold mobility, smaller cold mobility products that would also help transportation of fresh food from one point to the other. And so from officially, 20, um, unofficially 2019, we started, we built our first pilot in 2019 for the solar powered cold room at a farm in Abelkuta. Um, it was an, it's an hydroponic farm still there. And that was where we ran the pilot. So the future for Ekututu as we wrap up, uh, my last question. Um, COP28 is going to happen in a few weeks from now. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the 8th United Nations Climate Change Conference, which is also known as Conference of the Parties. Um, yeah. We're looking at a lot of stakeholders rallying around the climate agenda. Renewable energy is taking shape. We're seeing energy transition in different areas. So it's a bunch of things, a lot of things going on. And I'm really, really positive about Nigeria and about the energy agenda for the rest mm -hmm. of the world. What's Ecotutu's 
role as we move forward in those spaces for the future? Well, I mean, um, uh, what we're doing is we're building the largest multi-channel off-grid cooling solution for the African market, right? Um, with Nigeria being the beachhead, and we're building that out. So all of the work that we do, right, has ties into about four or six of the sustainable development goals. So we, we know that we have a huge part to play, right, in terms of food security, in terms of uh, mitigating against greenhouse gas emissions, in terms of uh, create job creation, in terms of gender, gender balance, in terms of uh, access to energy, and all of that. So it's a, I mean, we understand that our business is a climate ad adaptation business, right? Uh, and so we keep doing the work keep uh, propagating the gospel, right, of clean energy, of better post-harvest handling so that we can preserve food and have, and, you know, become a food secure economy, both in Nigeria, in Africa and globally. And just to continue to contribute our quota, right, towards these goals that have been set by the, 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 the United Nations and the authorities of the world and leave this world a better place at the end of the day. Impressive. Uh, incredible work. Michael Akinshete, Chief Marketing Officer and Co-Founder at Ecotutu Nigerian Startup. Thank you for your time on Despite the Government Podcast. Thank you very much, Gwega, for having me. It was, it was a great conversation. I really appreciate it and all the best to you. And that's my conversation with Michael Akinshete of Epotutu, Nigerian environmental startup. You can listen to previous episodes of the Despite the Government podcast. My name is Bui Gadiria. I'll see you next time.